This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. Welcome to the Undercaffeinated Podcast, a weekly podcast for educators who don't have time to listen to a podcast, kind of like us. Each week we'll cover a different topic in education in just about five to ten minutes. Our goal is to share bite-sized chunks of professional development so you can join us, whether you're driving your kids around, preparing dinner, making copies during prep, or really doing just about anything. This is PD for real teachers who are real tired, coming to you from Nevada, Colorado, and Florida. Okay, so welcome to another guest episode of the Undercaffeinated Podcast. Today I am talking to Don Sturm. I am actually lucky enough to already know Don and know that I really enjoy our conversation, so I'm excited to be able to have him on the Undercaffeinated Podcast. So I'm just going to dive in and say, hi, Don. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Erin. How are you? Thanks um, for having me. Oh, I'm so good. Yeah, thank you so much for really being one of the first uh, first ones to to fill out my form and be like, yeah, I'll come on and talk. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, so would you just go ahead and tell everybody listening a little bit about yourself, including your social media handles? Uh, so I'll start with my social media, social media handles <laughs> on uh, Twitter. I basically am a Twitter and Boxer user. So on Twitter, I am at Sturmdon, S-T-U-R-M-D-O-N, and on Boxer, uh, D-Sturm823. That sounds like a Star Wars robot. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I was, I've been in education. This is my 29th year. And I was a high school social studies teacher for 23 years. And then our district went uh, one to one. I'm in Morton, Illinois, uh, which is in almost the dead center of the state. And uh, once we went one to one iPads, I've been doing that now, this role of tech integration specialist for six years. So that's what I currently do. Wow. I did not realize that it was six years. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is my, this is my sixth, sixth year. And it doesn't, like there are times when it feels like it's been that long. And there are other times where I'm like, holy smokes, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> that's not, that's a long time. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, good for you. Um, all right. So we are going to talk about you brought to so don and i know each other from the four o'clock faculty voxer group and he brought this new vocabulary term to the group to me maybe not to the group but to me and he he calls it a deep dive and so you know through various conversations i came to understand what his definition was for this and so I thought, Don, it would be fun. And you can definitely tell me no if you don't want to do it this way. That it might be fun if I, you know, play the role of a teacher. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher. And if you took me through the steps of a deep dive. Like an on-air coaching session. Oh, wow. And that's when we talked before. I didn't envision this. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, can I describe what it is? <laughs> yes, you, you certainly, I yeah. Mean, because it, 
and it's funny because you said I introduced you to the term. It's one that now you hear it a lot. I mean, I have no idea at what point I was like, oh, let's just call this a deep dive. But I started feeling like we do so much what I call micro PD. Mm -hmm. So we teach teachers how to use Flipgrid and how to use Keynote. And we don't do enough of the macro, the pulling back and saying, okay, why are we using Flipgrid? What's the, the benefit of that? So right. the deep dives are really meant to get teachers thinking. It's not about taking something and saying, um, what are we going to do with it tomorrow? Mm -hmm. You may not do anything with the deep dive tomorrow, but what it will cause you to do is you're planning lessons and units to say, oh, you know what? I want to try doing this. I want to try incorporating more of this because of this conversation. So it's to try to give teachers have the time to finally kind of think about the profession and think about where do we want to go with grading? Where do we want to go with um, student engagement? So right. that's kind of the background. Perfect. It. Thank you for for uh, like defining that, clarifying that. So. Um, so what I would like to do is I would like to come, I would like to book an appointment with Mr. Sturm. And I am a relatively new teacher, right? And I've heard that Flipgrid has this amazing tool with AR. So I want to book you for, for this, but I want the deep dive that goes with it because I, I just don't understand how to use it why do you like why am i going to do why am i going to take my time when i have the chrome cart once a week for half a day why am i going to take my time to do that yeah and i think it's interesting because this is i mean i do one-on-one -on -one coaching like this a lot of times the deep dives are in a bigger group mm -hmm. like it's but i like this idea of that kind of one-on-one -on -one. so if you came to me about flipgrid and you said uh whether it's i want to use it or why would i use it I would start asking you questions like, well, what role, like, describe a class to me. What's your, what's your typical classroom like? Um, well, so we're elementary, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say it's first grade. Um, you know, where it's a STEM, it's a STEM school, right? So science, technology, engineering, and math are really big focuses. Um, right now, this year, we're really focused on math. Um, and you know, my kids are like on grade level. So I have, of course I have some higher achieving kids and then I have some kids that struggle and I really try to differentiate, but, um, like I'm overwhelmed because I'm relatively new to the, uh, you know, quote unquote new to the, to the profession, to the grade level, to whatever, say, say it's my first five years. And I okay. just, I want to know like, okay. I have to give my kids like all of these things to do. If I want them to do this on the Chrome cart instead of some of the other like more web-based, just task-driven things, like what's, what's the good of that? Like why? So I guess what I would ask is, and to get into the deep dive stuff is let's forget about Flipgrid for a second okay. and let's talk about like student engagement. What, what's your philosophy about student engagement in class how do you get them engaged how important is it because you mentioned a couple of things when you described your situation you said i've got all these things i want them to do mm -hmm. so what is that like talk about that well so some of the things are like assigned by my school they have to do 
you know, I have to do so many minutes a day of this program or, and then so many minutes a day of this program and I could assign it for homework or on the days that I have the Chrome cart, I could just have them do that and then they don't have that necessarily for homework. Um, so I'm going to stop you there for yeah. a second if you don't mind. No, no. So you teach first grade. Mm -hmm. Have you read any of the research? I'm just curious. Have you done research on uh, homework at early elementary, like K, one, two, three? Have you? I mean, I know that. I know that I would rather have a lot of my first graders doing the extracurriculars that their families already place on them. But I also know in my school. Homework is expected by the parents, some version, whether it's, you know, spelling homework practice, you know, whether it's this program, whatever, like the parents are expecting that we're sending some homework home and I'm not going, I'm not going to push that. Okay. Um, so an admin doesn't require it. I mean, there's no board policy that says you have to send home homework. No. Okay. You don't particularly care for it. Not necessarily, no. Okay. So what, I, I'm just curious, have you taught, like, talk about that parent component. You say I'm not willing to push that with them. Have you, do you know for sure that's how they feel? Yes, because other teachers in my grade level have tried it and have gotten significant pushback. Okay. Other more experienced teachers. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it, research shows mm -hmm. that there really is not, uh, it, there's really no positive impact for homework K through 3. So I'm just wondering... You know, I know we were going down that road of Flipgrid and whatever, but I just want you to kind of think about if you feel that homework isn't something that is beneficial, what can you do? What can I help you do? What can we help the parents understand mm -hmm. so that that doesn't happen? So maybe then that frees up sometimes. You don't have to worry about that homework component we can we can focus on the student engagement in class right well I do know so the school does require the so many minutes and because we don't have like a class set of um, Chromebooks and I have two desktop computers and that's it um, one of one of the only ways for all of the students in my class to complete all of the minutes, assuming they're all doing that, is to assign it as homework and then get them on it as often as I possibly can to whittle down that time for the week. Okay. Um, but then that comes into, do I use the Chromebooks to whittle down that time so they don't have the homework or do I implement um, another tool for student engagement or to... Um, teach them a concept in a different way or have them learn something or create something. Yeah, and I mean, that's something that now, for instance, with Flipgrid, you can go in and there's a whiteboard feature and um, you could do that, but I still want to go back to that homework piece. Okay. Um, and you, you can do Flipgrid at home. Like, what about having the parents? Like, because do you know that the student is doing the homework? 
Um, no, no. Actually, let me stop you. Okay. Describe the homework. What would a t- what would my kid if it was, they were a first grader in your class? What would my kid have for homework on a regular basis? The school requirement is forty five minutes of reading and forty five minutes of math per week of X Y Z computer program. So, like that is what is the majority of homework because because that's school mandated because it aligns with our our standards it aligns with once they get to um, third grade fourth grade fifth grade that this particular program aligns well with um, standardized testing all of those things so it's it's very much um, it aligns well with the benchmark testing that we have to do mandated by the district you know so there's like there's a lot of aligning um, and so it's it's for those purposes so you do you feel like you are kind of cramped? And I promise I won't tell the district. Do you feel like you're cramped by the district? Um, Does it cramp your style? <laughs> um, I I'm gonna say like I, I just I don't know because I don't know. I see the value because I see the I see the data and the value like when it gets to the older grades. Um, I guess I, I see the benefit of what we're doing. I guess I just wish that we had more devices so that it was easier to do it during the day so they didn't have to do it at home. And do you find, I mean, is there like, I mean, there's all kinds of issues that come to mind, like an equity issue. Do the students have the devices at home? I mean, like, like I'm trying to visualize if they're required to do a certain amount of work on a device right. and then they don't get that done in class so they have to do it at home, are those devices actually there? A lot of our families do. And then the ones that don't, um, like I said, we have the two in our classroom. We also have like a, a computer lab that is available to them um, until six o'clock, I think. In the evenings, um, up until up until no, I'm sorry, it's four o'clock. Up until extended care, so that's that's just about an hour and a half every day. If their parents don't pick them up right when the bell rings, that's an hour and a half of time that they can that's free um, that they can go okay. to the computer lab and work there instead of in the lunchroom while they wait to be picked up. Okay, I mean, do you do you have that concern? Like, how or how do you know that this student student X has done the work when they're at home uh, versus? And I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything that's going to surprise anybody versus yeah. a parent doing it. Um, right. So because of the program, um, it would be very easy for the parent to to support them. Um, but I also know that so as they complete tasks in this particular um, program, it sets a path for them and the path um, kind of stays the course or it bumps it up or it reviews based on their skills. And I can track that. So if I'm with what I'm seeing um, in the program doesn't match with what I'm seeing in their 
assessments, in their classwork, in our conversations, and even in the benchmark assessments, then I know that, you know, I've got multiple data points to show me that this is not where they are. Um, you know what I mean? And then I do yeah, know there are exactly. some kids that aren't doing it and, you know, what, what are you going to do? Like, so I guess what I'm what I'm thinking through is you're it's that whole I think you have to innovate within inside a box. I mean you're you're in a situation where the district is giving you some parameters that personally I'm not a huge fan of. Okay. But you you know there's only so much you can do as a newer teacher. Right. I'm not suggesting that you don't push like you can make that box, you can push outside of that box as much as possible. But I'm almost wondering now to get back to Flipgrid, mm -hmm. how do you use Flipgrid to kind of test how or assess how kids are doing and how well they really understand it? They can kind of work on their own mm -hmm. to do whatever activity you need them to do on Flipgrid. Here's the skill we're working on. Here's what you've worked on at home. Okay, I want you to sit down and I want you to do a, a whatever. I mean, two minutes is a lot for a first grader, but a two minute kind of run through of this kind of math problem. While they're doing that, I think that could allow you to meet with some of those students that maybe need more help or those that you are concerned with. Um, I think that to me becomes a use of Flipgrid over just, okay, I want them to use Flipgrid. I just want them to sit at a computer. This is, I want them to have some experience with it. I think, to try to figure out how can you use Flipgrid to help you assess our kids really where they're at. Right. Um, that might be a suggestion. But in terms of like the deep dive idea, I would really challenge you to start thinking about how can you push outside. If you truly don't think that giving first graders that amount of homework is the best thing. What can we do to talk to your colleagues? Because I don't know, I, I mean, I've been doing this 29 years and I can remember there was a stage in my career where I said a lot of things like, oh, they'll understand after they've been in the classroom for 10 years, after they've been in the classroom for 15 years. I think sometimes veteran staff mm -hmm. can make it seem like things are done a certain way and that's just how you do it and you can't get out of that mode. Um, you know, our friend Elizabeth Merce and mm -hmm. the Ditch the Clips, it's so easy as a new teacher to just grab on to that clip chart. And then before you know it, 10 years down the road, you've been using clip charts. Right. And you never really wanted to do it. And so that's what I don't want to see you do. I don't want to see you get 10 years into your career and say, what have I been doing? Like giving, I mean, 45 minutes. Uh, well, now, that's, that's not 45 minutes of homework. That's a week. That is... So 90 minutes total between math and reading. Uh, reading. Right. How much of that do they get done at school? However much I can allow. Like, however... That was a perfect way of skirting around that question. <laughs> I mean, do they get done... Do every, they get done 80 minutes? Every and week. Then they have every week it varies because it really depends. Like I said, we've got the two computers in the classroom that they can rotate through during like, you know, it can be a center rotation, work on your program, um, your reading. Like if it centers in math, they can do, do the math. If it centers in reading, they can do the reading and they can work on as much as they can get through. And then um, 
It's like, depending on the week, I have the Chrome cart for twice a week, half of the day. And then the, like, the off week, I have it once a week, half a day. And so then it's, it becomes when we have time to pull out those Chrome carts or when you finish everything, go ahead and get the Chrome cart and you, you know, uh, you can work on it. Um, but I guess, I guess from what I'm, what I'm hearing you say, and this is both, this is both me playing the role of a, a relatively new first grade teacher and mm-hmm. myself, like I would almost say that pulling in that blended model where I'm giving students a short task that I can evaluate on the spot and then pull them into small group, that's going to be more bang for my buck than necessarily allowing them that time. Because again, our families are pro homework. The majority of our families are pro homework. So a lot of them are making sure that the kids are getting that done. And if they're not, I'm still giving them some time. I'm not giving them all of the Chrome cart time to work on it. And so as long as I'm being very purposeful in what I'm using it for, then not giving them that time is good. Yeah, and I think you said, it's funny, you mentioned a lot of things there, like (laughs) the blended learning. And I think that's what, I mean, you knew the term blended learning, and now I'm kind of stepping out of the role that's what would start happening in a deep dive is as you would talk about these things. And this is a very different situation than I'm put in. Not like when I do the deep dive, they're expressly like you may have 15 to 20 people and I'm giving them scenarios about grading and what grade should this kid get? Uh-huh. And you've got different kind of arguments. Now it's just kind of you and I, and there are a lot. So I'm stepping out of this kind of situation <laughs> right yeah. now. What I'm thinking is as a new teacher, how do I get this new teacher to not just toe the line? Uh-huh. You didn't seem to be super upset with where things were going. A deep dive, the idea is to hook when you find a teacher feeling really uncomfortable, like, I don't like this. Uh-huh. I don't like it. Then you start to pull out. Okay, what don't you like about it? Not that I'm trying to put what you shouldn't like about it in your head, but... I think we have so many people in the education profession that they do what they do because that's what they've done. And, you know, that old adage, if you always do what you've always done, you're going to always get what you've always gotten. Um, (laughs) What was hard about this scenario is the devices. To me, if a school is going to demand 90 minutes a week for first graders, there need to be devices in that room. Okay. But that's hard to get you to deep dive into that because what are you going to do about it as (laughs) a first grade teacher? Right. Um, You know, trying to build relationships with colleagues and okay, how do you do it? And I'm not a big donors choose. I'm not saying I'm not, it's sad that we have to use it. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's sad that we have to use it. I don't know that I would have suggested, Hey, you need to go out and do a donors choose, but that might be something that if your colleagues talk to you, hey, let's do a donor's choose. Let's talk to the district. Can we get more devices? Because we can send home, like homework to a first grader to me is reading. Mm-hmm. And we can just, we don't have to worry about 45 minutes a week. We don't have to worry about 90 minutes a week. And then, okay, I've only done 80. So we've got to make sure that 10 is done at home. You can just start saying things like, we think reading is important. That's what we're going to send home. Right. 
then you're assured that what is happening in front of, well, you're not assured, but what's happening in front of you with that computer program, uh -huh. and we could argue about the computer program. What computer program? Is it like, there's so many things deep dive wise. Right. Okay, what are you, do you like the computer program? Was there research done on the computer program? Um, like all of those things are ripe for deep dives. You were in a situation though that's very difficult because it is a new teacher. Right. And new teachers don't, like, I always have to, I don't know if tiptoe is the right word. I mean, but you want them to speak up and you want them to feel like they are empowered, mm -hmm. but you don't... You don't want them you, to feel like they have to push Yeah. if they're not comfortable with that. Yeah, and so there's no question, new teachers are probably the most difficult to work with and I don't mean that in any negative sense right right but just from a standpoint of like I've had this question before from teachers if you were in my position so let's say they've been there for three years mm -hmm. if you were in my position would you say this to an admin and that's a hard question because sometimes I have said to them I would say it in my position right I don't know if I would say it in your position if you really feel a resolve about that we have to figure out how you're going to craft that so that it doesn't come across as this is what i think is right and how i think it should go so that was a difficult scenario <laughs> um it's funny because like i said it most of the time when we go and you know as a coach yes when we go into coaching situations i would say what 90 percent of the time i know what the situation is like I've been able to think through it uh -huh. and with this one I was like I felt like uh, when we were starting <laughs> instituting coaching in our district we had these college professors from Illinois State University come in and we used to do these fishbowl activities uh -huh. where it was this same kind of thing where you would put one person in the middle and then one person would play the student and then all of a sudden it would be like the professors would say okay tag out and okay. so then you would go in and you would and there were times where you were like, I don't know what, like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what advice to give them. Um, and I think that's the beauty of a deep dive. Like, I was giving more advice to you than I would typically do in a deep dive. Okay. All right. Like, that's good to know. most of the time in a deep dive, it is like, okay, here's a set of grades. What grade do you give this kid? And I smatter in a few zeros. I smatter in some weird test scores. And it's amazing. You would think in our system everybody well here you're going to add these all up you're going to divide by the number of grades and then you're going to say it's a 58 you got grades all over the place you have some people saying b's and some people saying d's and then you get into these big conversations about well does late work really matter and what if they knew it what was happening look at every day that they had a test we need to look at what they were doing the night before like what was happening in their family and then you have other teachers that are like no i don't care real world <laughs> it doesn't matter what happened last night. You've still got to perform. And so that's where that deep dive, I think, is just beautiful. Because yes. you then, you get those um, set in their ways people that sometimes are like, oh, I never thought about that. And then you get sometimes those people who are the gist, oh, we'll do anything and everything. And I'm going to let them turn in stuff whenever they want to. Then you have the older teacher say, well, wait a second. You have kids at home. How are you going to grade? Like, how are you going to plan your grading out? 
because you don't know who's going to read. So it's just, it's all these wonderful conversations uh, that, that happen. Which, uh, let me tell you, I thought that this was a really good conversation because of how you were ask you were asking me so it didn't feel like you were giving me a ton of advice and that's always one of my concerns is I don't I don't want to give a ton of advice because my advice is based on my experience and their classroom is is not my experience but I always find myself giving advice so I really appreciated how you were asking questions and in fact you weren't even asking questions about what I was wanting you were asking me (laughs) questions about all of the things like around it that would then impact when we went back to it which led me to the blended learning concept and it allowed me to come to the realization that if I want to have a a really strong impact on the kids, then I do need to take that time and utilize Flipgrid and how would it be best to utilize it instead of just saying, I don't really love all of this homework, so I'm going to take that off of their plates by giving that to them, allowing them time in class. Like That's not really going to give me the bang for my buck that I want. But I came well, to that. And I'm, I'm glad. It would be interesting to hear if people that are listening to it agree because there were times when I felt like, okay, I'm giving way more feed, not feedback, suggestions mm-hmm. than I really wanted to. But I'm glad you caught, because to me, the deep dives are all about questions. Yes. And it can be annoying at times <laughs> where, like when somebody asked me, well, I, what's the grading policy of the school? I don't know. What do you want the grading policy of the school to be? <laughs> and they're like, and so then they get frustrated, but it's like that whole thing. It's all part of really getting you to think about what, it, it, that's what it boils down to. Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And what things don't you like about what you're doing? And let's target those things and let's figure out some of them, honestly, like if your district is uh, set on test scores, I mean, there's not a lot you can change about that. Right. I mean, there's not a lot you, one teacher in the classroom, as a new teacher, that I would recommend that you can do about that. (laughs) So what you have to do is I have to try to figure out how do I ask questions to get you to figure out, okay, how do I maximize that time that I have with them in class? Or, um, yeah, so it is all about questions. It's all about questioning. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it, Don. Thank you so much for going on that deep dive with me. I appreciate it. No problem. I wish you could. I wish you could keep going. Um, I do have one more question for you. Um, So you were cracking me up the other night um, with a video that you shared in our group, and so I just I got to know, like, how do you plan on becoming trending on TikTok? Like, what are you going to do? (laughs) I always try to keep up with what the kids are doing. I mean, I just turned 50 and my kids are out of the house, so I don't have to worry about the, oh, what are my kids doing on TikTok? I don't have to worry about that. But I don't know. It's an interesting platform. I don't know if I like it. Um, I definitely copied it. I don't even know what that song is. I, I like, I don't even know. Is it Lil John or something like that? I don't know. But that my favorite one is the woman with the oven where she opens the oven up a couple of times the, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then starts dancing in her daughter. I love to embarrass uh, my kids and my wife and all of that. So it's, it's an intriguing platform. I don't know, kind of like Snap. I mean, I'm definitely a Twitter guy mm-hmm. uh, for education, a Facebook guy for my kind of personal stuff. TikTok is 
I don't know. I can see building some videos, <laughs> but I don't know from an education standpoint. So. All right. So don't yeah. expect you to be trending on TikTok. No, I, probably not trending. <laughs> probably not trending all right very good all right everybody thank you so much for joining us we are under caffeinated on twitter and instagram and we would absolutely love to hear from you if you like what you heard today either from us or from dawn um please consider leaving us a review on apple Podcasts to help other educators like yourselves find us uh just that much easier and dawn thank you again for joining us everybody have a wonderful uh night day morning whenever you happen to be listening (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. Thank you.